and welcome to Duck Blind. I'm Jill Schroeder, and this is our podcast from Grey Duck Gallery here in Austin, Texas. Today, I'm chatting with local artist Jules Buck-Jones. His exhibition, Circles and Cycles, runs through June 19th. Hey, Jules. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us. Um, I kind of want to start out with... Your work, of course, um, is known for its dense gestural marks that focus on the mechanics and mysteries of the animal kingdom. When did you start focusing on the natural world in your work? I guess like the key word there is focusing because I did, I've been making these large scale animal drawings, uh, for the past 12 years when I moved to Texas and went to graduate school. I kind of did kind of shift focus from some other you know, landscape inspired paintings and kind of like overtly started to use animal imagery and sort and researching, delving deep into some of the natural sciences that have always interested me as a, as a youth. And when I was in my, uh, in my thesis show in 2008, my father brought me this little zine that he made of these drawings that I had made when I was seven or eight. <laughs> and so and they were like almost exactly what I was doing, you know, 20 years later. Oh, really? Think, well, you know, they were sort of these hybrid Frankenstein sort of monstery animal things, but they were all labeled. So they would have like a leg of a kangaroo and like the nose of a badger with an ear of an otter. <laughs> I mean, they were just kind of, you know, chopped up and put together. So anyway... I guess I've been, I mean, that's the long answer. The short answer is for a long time. <laughs> so, I mean, so have you always been studying animals? I mean, like reading books, going on like trips and camping and, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, I think most young people are sort of introduced to animals and, you sure. know, uh, nature in a, to, at some capacity, whether through books or through actual experience. You know, that sort of like boyhood interest mm-hmm. where you're extra excited about the facts of this and that, you know, just it never really expired. Sure. And sort of carried over into young adulthood. And now I'm 40 and I'm still kind of <laughs> like still very interested in biology and ecology and the natural sciences, um, the way things work, the geological timescale still really interested in dinosaurs. Right. Um, <laughs> my grandfather was a fossil collector. So he had a lot of fossils around, a lot of trilobites. He was a okay. trilobite, trilobite guy. And so I do remember kind of him, you know, just looking through his collection. Oh, how cool. With him, you know, as a young, yeah. as a young dude. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of fossils, um, you had shown me the 60s, fossil guidebook um, that was kind of an inspiration for your timeline piece that's at the beginning of the show. As I was paging through it, it it seems like there's a lot of pieces in in the show that might like take inspiration from the book. Is is that correct? Or? Yeah, I think like, you know, in my studio, I use a lot of field guides as source material. I mean, I have a lot of different books on birds and reptiles and nature and, you know, and, and fossils. And traditionally, I mean, I, I do use kind of internet imagery when I sometimes, but I really like having books around with printed illustrations, um, for, for, for some things or photographs, depending on what it is I'm looking at. And, um, 
yeah, these little golden guide field guides have always just been so cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're dated, which is also kind of cool. They have a certain aesthetic to them mm-hmm. color wise and also. I guess design wise, they're, you know, they're a little clunky, but like in a charming way. Yeah. Yeah. I had this book out for, yeah, the entire, almost everything in the show was made this year. So since January. Sure. And so, you know, when you have books out in the studio, you, you know, they kind of circle through. And so sometimes you are looking at one book for a little while before it kind of runs its course. And so, yeah, I think like almost all of the work really, um, can tie back to that this little field guide in some way. I mean, it's all about fossils, how fossils are made. And then like the only way to really fathom how a fossil is made is to talk about the sort of impossible, grandiose nature of time, which is its own cool, weird, you know, mental mm-hmm. um, sort of <laughs> obstacle to, 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 to fathom. So, yeah. You also are living in the country, right? So I'm assuming you see a lot more animals than we do here <laughs> Yeah, in their natural habitat. Yeah. That must be awesome. Yeah, it's great. We moved to Wimberley a couple of years ago. And yeah, wildlife is cool. I saw a little fox this morning, took a dog for a walk. I mean, you know, you see foxes in the city too. So, no, um, But I do see them sort of regularly in a way. I see hawks and owls and snakes and frogs and... I don't, uh, some river turtles, which we got plenty of here in Austin. But yeah, we, true, have, we see true. turkeys. Trying to, I'm trying to think of the, you know, the extra the things. We got painted ones. buntings in the yard, and <laughs> we saw some three yellow-billed cuckoos the other day. And what else is kind of fun out there? Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a it's a delight, and so you know, just being out there, studios out there. Yeah, I have a little lot more time to kind of just spend under the canopy. Yeah, and it's. Sounds fantastic. It's dreamy. Oh my gosh. I so want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I listened to a couple, um, interviews, uh, with you and you talked about paper, 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 like you were using paper and, and this show you're talking about canvas, canvas, canvas. Yeah. (laughs) And, And, and you're also doing these large, you know, panel cutouts. Is there a reason for the transition? Um, yeah, I think. I still love working on paper. I think like in terms of making drawings, I mean, there's something really immediate about paper. There's something really romantic about paper and the relationship to the drawing tools, like just the way it catches and the way it scribes, everything. All that is still super, is still there for me. But, you know, I think the one thing that where paper sort of becomes less appealing to other materials is like in its, you know, it's, it's a little, it's fragile mm-hmm. and, You've seen my studio. My studio is like, doesn't take fragile things very well. Like I have to be very careful. It's probably good for me, you know, to like have at least something kind of precious Mm -hmm. around that I can take care of. But you know, I love working on paper. I don't love framing in a way. When folks come see the show, I have these four uh, large uh, canvas paintings, which I was sort of, I mean, I introduced, reintroduced myself to when making um, these backdrops for Animal Facts Club. Okay. Backdrops. They do seem like backdrops. Yeah, they have that sort of backdrop, sort of theatrical Mm -hmm. kind of vibe. They're landscape in nature with figures, right, sort of floating or, yeah, on them in some capacity. For a while, I thought paper was just so easy to get large scale. You know, it turns out, you know, there's plenty of things that I can get. I mean, I like this, I like working large 
And so, yeah, the canvas has been super fun because it's a little more durable. I can, you know, I can sort of really dig into it in a way that paper mm. won't allow. You know, paper has its limits, right? I, I use a lot of water media, like whether I'm painting or drawing or using watercolor or inks, I'm using a heavy amount of water. I got spray, spritz guns and spray guns. I'm okay. splashing and I'm dripping and, yeah. you know, water. I mean, the paper, even the thick paper that I like to get, like, you know, it'll buckle. And then it kind of has this, and then, then you have all these sort of other problems you got to solve. Like, oh, how do I flatten <laughs> these buckles and whatnot? So canvas has been super refreshing in a way hmm. to just, it just allows me to kind of work in this sort of immediate expressive manner without, yeah, it's, it's just as conducive to paper. And then also working on these large cut panels, kind of its own weird, fun puzzle in terms of the creative process. Cause in a way that, they're very different from the paper and the canvas because they have this sort of like preordained shape around them. They sure. have this contour that is finite. And so uh, first, the first one I did, I didn't really love, but mostly sometimes you just don't like new things or right. if I'm not good right. at something immediately, it's like, well, I don't really even like this. But I dug in a couple more and um, I found like that, that sort of fun drawn edge and cut edge is really fun to work within um, as opposed to like a large square or rectangle. Sure. Um, but also, yeah, the canvas, I mean, the panels are equally, they're durable. They can take a, they can take a real oh, yeah. workout. So. That's so fun. do you find mark the making of marks between the three mediums different for you? Or is it, I mean, they seem all very gestural and. Yeah. Um, you'll see in this show too, with the sort of different substrates, you'll see a different, I think, approach to drawing and mark making. So, right. Like all of the works on paper are strictly uh, colored pencils and graphite. Right. So that's a certain, cause yep. those things don't really work super well on canvas. I love those tools. I think the way I can communicate and the way I can kind of draw and layer marks and, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing than painting for me. And so what was the question about that though? Oh, just how like mark, mark making is different with each medium. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, like with the words on, with the, with the sheets of paper, I'm not using any water media at all. So it's nice. There's less buckles. (laughs) Just more graphite <laughs> smudges. You know, everything's got its, these parameters. But yeah, I love drawing on the paper. I love kind of noodling and doodling with the graphite and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and building up value and texture. And I think that's where like my interest in drawing sort of really comes alive. I think there's like some layers, you know, there's like uh, density, texture, pattern, all that stuff's fun. And in painting, painting is sort of a different, it's a different mode for me. I kind of have to switch gears a little bit. I'm interested in achieving a similar goal as the drawings, but I, I go about it a slightly different way. And from teaching watercolor classes the past eight years hmm. at Texas State, it's kind of like helped me, you know, build up some, some chops to the way I, to the way I paint. Sure. Now these are with acrylic, but I paint with these, uh, with washes. So I'll kind of, water things down and paint and, and build up layers and glazing and this kind of um, painterly modes of, um, you know, description. Okay. So is there a piece that you want to like, tell us a secret about? Like, is there <laughs> one particular piece that. Good secret. Huh? Good secret <laughs> piece. I'm trying to think now. 
Oh, okay. I got a secret. Yeah. Okay. 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 So I had, to, I had to look around for a minute. There's a secret. Okay. So I have this large cutout coyote that's coming down from the ceiling right next to Jill's kitchen here. Uh, kind of nose down. It's like about eight feet long and, um, it's on the prowl and the middle of the sort of throat or kind of heart area of this coyote, the neck, I guess there's a large hole missing from it. Um, and in a way, that decision I made, I, I've done this before on a couple other panels where mammals, mammals are kind of hard for me to draw without them becoming boring. There was like... Because they're so solid? The ha- yeah, the hair. Mm. The, uh, yeah, and I don't really... Maybe I shouldn't blame it on mammals. Maybe that's a cheap <laughs> shot. It's like, maybe it's my own shortcomings. But basically, I couldn't get... Once I moved past the, the face of the coyote, I basically had like six feet of... Coyote neck, which was just, you know, scribbles and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, expressive kind of abstraction, which was cool, but it was just a little redundant and it, it, and it, I couldn't make it, I couldn't make that part of the piece interesting on its own. So I cut a big hole in it, (laughs) which I've done before to, and it's, it's worked out. And I, you know, thematically, I mean, I, I like kind of taking a big chunk out of something. Um, I think a lot of the work's about loss. Or, you know, this sort of fr- fragility of n- nature. Yeah. So I had this circle floating around the studio, which then I painted up as this moon, the sort of generic, you know, cosmic sphere looking yeah. moon. We'll call yeah. it a moon. And it's hanging in the other room at about the same height as the hole. And anyway, I think on first glance to the art show, you'll see this moon. It's on top of this large crab and some video work. You may or may not relate it to the coyote, but they're part of the same piece. They're just in different rooms. Yeah. So they're, they're, there's there's secret. the secret. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I, yeah, it's, it's nice. And as I showed you over there, I think when you stand at the right spot, they do kind of line up in a way. So yes, yes. Um, and they're, they'll always be together. They'll always be together. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the last question I had for you. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience before, before we wrap it up? You know, I'm just excited to, um, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to show this new work. It's fun to be, or I don't know if fun's a word, but you know, I, I'm excited about the new work and that is a, that feels, that feels good as yeah. the creator. It's fun yeah. to see it all up. So this is my first, solo show in austin in 10 years oh my gosh 10 yeah i mean i've shown in austin i've been in austin working in austin (laughs) but i've kind of just been showing in other spots and that's been great as well my my last show is 2012 with um sonia dutton's gallery champion Champion. when it was downtown and yeah that was 2012 i think oh my gosh and i think that was the last time i had like you know a solo show so anyway it's good to kind of circle back yeah um the whole show's about time and circles and so <laughs> kind of fits. Nice, a nice round number feels pretty good. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. I mean, I, I can't believe it's been 10 years, but we're so excited to bring you back, show you in full force. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I want to thank Jules Buck Jones for joining me on the podcast. The exhibition Circles and Cycles will run through June 19th. 
I would also like to thank Scott David Gordon for producing the show and the Black Drum Set for letting us use our song, A Dangerous Drive. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>